Pharmaceutical Technology presents the Drug Solutions Podcast, where the editors will chat with industry experts from across the pharmaceutical and biopharmaceutical supply chain. Join us as experts share insights into your biggest questions, from the technologies to strategies to regulations related to the development and manufacture of drug products. This is the Drug Solutions Podcast. Lisa Mirsol, the science editor for Pharmaceutical Technology, Pharmaceutical Technology Europe, and Biopharm International. Today's episode of the Drug Solutions Podcast is on digital transformation in the biopharma industry. In this episode, we'll hear from Ajit Yole, the Senior Director for Life Sciences Manufacturing at Cognizant, which is an information technology company based in London, UK, and Lox Prenenkil a principal and practice leader of U.S. Life Sciences product and supply operations at Deloitte. In this episode, we are going to be talking about digital transformation in the biopharmaceutical industry. I wanted to start out asking you where you see the industry, like where are we at in biomanufacturing with this digitalization trend? Biomanufacturing and biopharm companies have come a long way in terms of the digitization. Having said that, what we recognize is that the adaption of the digitization is not same throughout all the manufacturing facilities. And what I mean by that is that the number of legacy facilities still continue to operate on paper. There are a a vast majority of the facilities and the sites where uh, large biopharm companies have ventured on running digitization as an exercise, which has actually allowed them to essentially implement process automation, enable the foundational systems like historians, MES and LIMS of this world. And even over there, what we see is that the systems integration is not up to that mark. The processes are not connected. Neither is the data used to the best of its ability. And that has restrained them to uh, implement automated workflows. While this goes on in terms of the digitization journey for a number of our clients, what we see is that digitization is taking a leapfrog, specifically in the new or greenfield facilities. And those facilities essentially are enabled by paperless manufacturing. They are giving greater emphasis on fully integrated systems, while it is also enabled by the process technology transformation itself in terms of use of single-use manufacturing, continuous manufacturing. And that is complemented by integrated systems, leverage of the data by implementing data platforms, extracting the data for making use in form of analysis and decision-making, which essentially is helping them to achieve higher yields, better product quality, and in turn, take the medicines faster to the market. As these technologies 
are getting implemented, they are increasingly making use of uh, emerging technologies in form of IoT and edge devices in making the whole OT infrastructure uh, next generation, as well as making it more robust in terms of security. Most of the new greenfield facilities, the infrastructure that is getting deployed is enabled with uh, new elements like hyper-converged infrastructure, enabled by wireless backbone, and ensuring that the whole IT and OT convergence ha is happening at the edge, but with a more cybersecurity enforcement in it. One more dimension that is coming to the fore is about the emphasis on the user experience for the operational personnel. And a lot of the digital applications that are getting built are getting a human centricity with respect to a role being performed, let's say by a production operator, by a lab analyst, or by a qualified personnel. With this, we are seeing a new dimension in terms of how the digital applications are being conceived, designed, and consumed by a different set of users. This in the nutshell is where we see the digitization taking a shape and biomanufacturing essentially at the forefront, but primarily with new facilities and greenfield sites. Can you maybe discuss a little bit about any newer advancements or newer technologies that have come onto the scene, maybe in the past few years, that are leapfrogging this transformation from the manual processing to digital processes. Is there anything in particular that came on the scene and now things are moving much more rapidly? Yeah, so I, if I put the last few years of a window, right, the first thing which I would say is a major backbone of transformation, which may not have been recognized in a correct way, is that as the life sciences industry has got away from its reluctance to adopt cloud, and as manufacturing has started adapting cloud-based solutions, things have changed differently. This is opening a new paradigm in terms of adaption of digital applications, in terms of how the data is accessed from underlying source systems, how it is used for decision-making, and this is also coming at the back of lower cost of infrastructure, lower cost of ownership. This is also not only allowing to bring new age applications uh, with the advent of new technologies being, coming, being introduced to the biomanufacturing, but also helping some of the smaller manufacturers and contract manufacturers as well to take advantage of the digitization because of the complexity as well as the lower cost of ownership. Now, at the back of it, what we are seeing is that there is increased traction and acceptance within biomanufacturing for low-code platforms, which allows to eliminate number of manual processes as well as digitize new processes, which might not have been attended earlier. And this is done at much faster speed and lesser complexity. It is also allowing the users itself 
to explore a new set of applications because the way low code capabilities allow them to explore those platforms. Similarly, we are seeing the traditional platforms of a, like MES, which have been the backbone of production operations as major systems of record. Most of the vendors have started taking a journey onto the cloud in form of a SaaS or their roadmap towards having a cloud-based MES solution. And this journey is going to further enhance how the adaption is going to increase and also allow the digitization through the course. The other thing which we are seeing is that elements like smart variables, which are used for user authentication and every single step in the biomanufacturing process has to be acknowledged in terms of who has done is when it was done it. Number of steps have to be needing double verification in terms of two signatures. With the advent of the automated user authentication, we are seeing a, a, a lot of productivity gain. At the same time, uh, these kind of technologies are being implemented at scale. Many of our clients uh, who, who happen to be in the segment of large biofarm companies are implementing such solutions across their facilities, running global programs of, of that nature. Similarly, um, we are seeing uh, aspects of digital twin um, taking uh, attraction and the attention. While digital twin has been a topic of discussion for many years, but it is increasingly getting attention in different forms and use cases. The earliest of the use cases were primarily which we delivered for our clients were in terms of uh, uh, operator training or simplifying the line changeovers, et cetera, uh, which was in the form of virtual digital twins. We are seeing that uh, virtual digital twins are also getting traction for uh, the new facility setup in form of the design, as well as simulation of what if scenarios. Going further, specifically uh, digital twins, which leverage the process modeling capabilities. Uh, based on some work that is happening for some of our clients, we are seeing uh, a lot of benefits coming in the area of R&D or early stage manufacturing, where this helps addressing yield improvements and process robustness. And naturally, our clients are going to take it up to the commercial manufacturing as well. So these are some of the things which have been in place for some time, but they are getting increased traction with the biofarm manufacturing, as well as we are seeing uh, adaption in real sense as well. It sounds to me, uh, I don't know if I'm understanding it correctly, but it sounds like digital twins play a role in doing some scale down processes or scale down modeling, which I am hearing is sort of another trend in the industry where people are deciding to scale down just to test their process before they decide to scale it up. So it, are digital twins playing a role in the scale scale down model? I would say in a way, yes, right? Not essentially to scale down, but, but to actually use digital twin in the areas where you can explore and test it on a set of data. And when you are exploring models, specifically 
where the process models are being used for improving the process or optimizing the process. Working in an environment which is in the early stage of uh, the life cycle, either in phase three or clinical manufacturing setup, you are able to explore the capabilities of process modeling in a much effective way so that your process robustness is established and then you can take it to the commercial manufacturing where it has to be implemented at a scale and the process cycle times could be much larger because the batch sizes are going to be higher. And it also is important that when you are applying or implementing these kind of solutions, it just not only requires the skills from data scientists and technology enablers, but it needs a close collaboration with process scientists as well. A good success of such projects is when you have a combination of process scientists and data scientists working together so that the right kind of process parameters can be identified and no implications can be understood in terms of which CPPs could affect which CQAs. And that is something which can be done when you have a, a right combination of a process scientist and data scientist working together. How do you ensure that these processes are secure, that you know the cloud is secure, that your, your tech transfer is gonna be secure? Uh, how does that work in this digital environment? There are different aspects uh, from a security perspective. One is the data security, and the other is the security from an access access to the right people and right players in the ecosystem. Uh, most of these cloud platforms maintain a very high grade of security. And we are generally dependent on the hyperscalers to ensure the platforms are secured. In terms of the application or a platform which is created on the underlying hyperscaler platform, we tend to ensure that the design takes into consideration different aspects of industry standards. And once they have been designed, the, the process is following the right set of quality standards and it is also validated through the life cycle. That ensures that it is meeting the regulatory standards as well as ensuring that the infrastructure and data security standards are maintained. In terms of the designing of the application, again, we ensure that the access is controlled, the user administration is maintained at a high degree. And when you are implementing some of these applications, the network and the security layer at the network is designed correctly by ensuring the right kind of placement in terms of if it is to be deployed in a manufacturing environment, and if there are a set of edge applications, then they are beyond the firewalls and right kind of zones are created by network segmentation, as well as deploying that in a right secured layer. What can we expect to see if the digital transformation trend takes over the majority of biomanufacturing processes, such as like where would we win and where may we lose out? In terms of the transformation, right? If I say that if we are able to look at the full value chain, going from 
the clinical manufacturing to the commercial manufacturing. If the digitization is done in a correct way, we will see significant gains in terms of how the tech transfer is done. In It could be shorter as well. It will have a much better efficiency in terms of how the tech transfer is done within the organization as well as across the walls of the organization with your uh, CEMOs or CDMOs as well. Similarly, with the digitization and uh, enabled across the full value chain, we will be able to see the faster product transfers and uh, drugs and the products being available to the patients faster, which will have a huge implication on not only the patients benefited by early availability of the therapies and the drugs, but as well as with the biopharm companies itself making significant gains by shortening the cycle time, how, how and when they can bring the products to the market faster. Similarly, in the, the core bioprocessing space itself, by bringing the digitization, we are going to see consistent process by ensuring that we also address the batch-to-batch -batch variability by applying the right set of process models, uh, PAT and advanced process control kind of uh, enablers to deliver higher yields, ensure that you are maintaining the data integrity and also averting the risk of contamination specifically in a, a segment of biofarm uh, processes. At the same time, we will see again that by the level of digitization, enabling the applications with usage of new form of devices and the user experience, it will also help the industry in not only attracting the talent, but also retaining the new younger and next generation talent in the industry. Thank you, Ajit, for those insights. Meanwhile, here's what Lox has to say about the impact that digitalization is having on data generation and data integrity. For instance, what is the role that data generation plays in process control? And how is this impacted by the digital transformation we are seeing in biopharma manufacturing? Whether it's the process itself or the uh, surrounding environments or or surrounding you know uh, uh, spaces, surrounding equipment, whatever it is, there is data being generated, but it is required to maintain a state of control of the manufacturing process itself. But you bring up a very good point, which is is all, are all of these data elements necessary and are they informing something with respect to the control of the manufacturing environment itself? And and I think that is where. Um, uh, uh, you know, th th that's where there, th there are two ways in which you can address that. One is um, a uh, mechanis mechanism agnostic way, which basically says, look, I don't care what the underlying process is. I will just use data techniques to understand if my data is telling me something. This is mechanism agnostic. Then there is um, uh, mechanistic understanding, which is where most of pharma spends a lot of its time in manufacturing sciences to understand the mechanisms of uh, of, of of the processes, so they can actually model out what is happening. What what we are seeing is an increased shift because of the power of AI, increased shift towards the non-mechanistic way 
of getting sense from the data and then applying the mechanisms, the, the engineering mechanisms and other mechanisms on top of that. So um, the, the question is slightly different now you should be posing, which is, uh, yes, you're collecting all of this data. You know, It's easy to process all of that. Can you make sense of it? Can you connect these together and, and generate something meaningful? That's where much of the energy is being spent. AI has been such a topic of discussion in the broader cultural consensus. Like you look at ChatGPT and all the concerns that go on with that, the ethical concerns and all that. How do you see AI factoring into this practice moving forward? Yeah, um, that's another wonderful question. So um, there's, there's actually three layers of AI and I will not talk of general, you know, AGI, which is the, what you see in the movies, right? That's, that's, that's some, that, that's best left for, um, uh, science fiction writers, but but let's talk about the three layers of AI. There's there's the normative um, understanding of AI, which is basically machine learning and using uh, neural networks and other models to kind of predict where you know it's essentially what replicating pattern recognition, if you will. That's been done for a long time. I mean, most control equipment have that already, and there are their fuzzy logic and so on, other controllers that are built. Then the next two tranches is where there's more energy and efforts, which is deep learning. Um, uh, where, where you actually, without necessarily, uh, with using as minimal um, entropic information as possible, how can you train the data so it can recognize something that isn't there in the data set and can recognize it when it actually occurs? So there's there's that kind of AI that's a lot of emphasis has has been happening, and then there is the generative AI part that has come up in the last six months. The to me, the combination of both of these. Um, are going to change the way manufacturing occurs. Let me give you an example, right? Uh, um, when uh, when an event occurs, first of all, can AI predict that an event is going to occur? And if an event has occurred, and this event can be um, you know, microbial contamination. If an event occurs of that type, can, can AI predict that microbial contamination is going to occur given the conditions that is happening in the manufacturing floor? Now, now that it's occurred, then generative AI can take that and say, here are the 15 solutions based on everything that I have. I know. Here are the 15 things you can do. And oh, by the way, here's a report that I've generated. And oh, by the way, here's here's a Im impact on the rest of your supply chain because of this event. So it can connect the dots all the way from front to back by virtue of both the deep learning based AI as well as the generative AI. And, and these both of these AI uh, landscapes are very much are going to completely transform manufacturing. That's all for today's episode of the Drug Solutions Podcast. I want to thank our speakers, Ajit and Lux, for sharing their comments and insights. Thank you for listening, and please join us next time. Thank you to our editors and experts for sharing their insights. Stay tuned for future episodes of the Drug Solutions Podcast with the Pharmaceutical Technology Editors. If you want to stay in touch with the Pharmaceutical Technology team, subscribe to this podcast as well as to our e-newsletters. When you sign up for our newsletters, you will be updated about future episodes of Drug Solutions, receive our magazines, learn about upcoming webinars and hear about episodes of Drug Digest. Thanks to everyone for joining us for this episode of the Drug Solutions Podcast.